0: so if you will this morning let's turn to our text our text is found in Romans 7 it's found in verses 24 and 25 Romans 7 24 and 25 read this way O wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin let us pray O Lord, Thou art faithful Thou art a loving Lord Thou art a caring shepherd Lord, I pray at this hour you would teach us. Teach us the depth in this text. And let may it be for every child of God in this room that you would be pleased to reveal the depth that you have shown every child of God in here where he is and where he was and where he is now. Oh, Lord, I pray this morning that you would come with power and clarity. There are many things that will be said in these scriptures that in our own mind can be confusing. Lord, we know you are not the author of confusion, the author of truth, the author of peace, the author of life. Lord, I pray to thee today that Thou would breathe life into these Scriptures, breathe life into this message, that it may glorify Thee and praise Your holy name. For great things truly, Lord, Thou hast done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm reminded when I read this text this morning, I'm reminded that the original Bible the original word of God that the Holy Spirit wrote did not have chapters and verses and when it was translated the translators put these chapters and verses in here so that we could readily find where to go and look and it's a lot easier and I'm thankful for that don't get me wrong when we come to a passage like this today, the chapters and the verses do a great disservice to it and has led to a lot, a lot of error in the church. Because you see, it's the same Paul who wrote one the whole letter. Many like to look at chapter 7 and say, oh, this is a different time in Paul's life and this was talking about his unregenerate state and, and then let's hurry and get to Romans 8. And that's a lie. That's a lie because Romans 7 is just as glorious as Romans 8. Because there is no Romans 7 and there is no Romans 8. It's all one letter that a converted, regenerated child of God penned. By the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to give us truth this morning. Truth in what really goes on in a child of God's life. I stand before you today as one who is constrained by the love of Christ. I stand before you today as one who has tasted that the Lord Jesus Christ is precious. I stand before you today as one who has been saved by grace. I stand before you today as one who lives by the faith of the Son of God. I stand before you today. It's a blessing. Blessed man. The Lord answers my prayers. He's good to me. And He's always good to me. And He's always faithful. So I ask you today why am I so wretched? Why do I not believe? Why can't I trust him? Why can't I believe him when he shows me things? I have a blessed family, but I have a great job. I'm blessed in many ways and yet I'm still ugly I'm still impatient with the ones I love I still think hard thoughts about the ones I love why? why? do you ever ask yourself those questions? has the Lord ever answered them for you? I hope he does today. You've got to understand, Paul wrote these words and he's brought to say in the cry of grace, he said, "Oh, wretched man that I am. Grace taught him that. That he was a wretched man. He didn't say that I was. He said that I am. After conversion... After regeneration, I am a wretched man. And he's not talking about his new nature and Christ in him. He's telling you what he's talking about. He's talking about this body of death. And as he cries out to God, he says to God, Oh, wretched man that I am. It is present tense. It is what I am. I live in this body of death. Do you understand if you are a child of God today, you live in this body of death? Continually. And these words, as I said, And as I said about that song, it's not one time in Paul's life. This was a continual cry. He told us he is not attained. He still has this body of death that he carries around with him. Turn with me back to verse 14. Because that's where we'll pick up As Paul has has started to describe, he's the same one who wrote six. Like I said, there's no chapters. There's no verses. It's one letter. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He said, what shall we say to these things? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's the same one saying this. Oh, wretched man that I am. He just explained to us in 7 through 13 that God's holy law is good. How can it not be? The Lord said, I will put my law in their heart. I will write it upon the hearts of my people. Because we sin, does it make the law not good because it tells us we're sinning? No, he says, God forbid. In verse 14, Paul says something. He says, for we know. Is this something you know this morning? That the law is spiritual. It is good. It is godly. It is of God. But I am carnal. Sold under sin. The trouble is not with the law of God. The trouble is with us. With every man. All of us after the fall. Every man that has ever walked on this earth and every man that ever will walk on this earth. He will always have a dead nature in him. And some outside of Christ, that's all they have. Paul doesn't run away from that. Paul's not blaming the law. Paul's not blaming anyone but himself. I am carnal. I'm sold under sin. I'm still carnal. I'm still a sinful person. I still have sin in my members. And that's not going to change. Not in this life. That's why he cries out, Who can deliver me from the body of this death? Who? It's a body of death. I don't care how spiritual you are in here today. I don't care if you have the mind of Christ right now. You have a body of death. I have a body of death. That's what Paul is making so clear to us. And if the Holy Spirit is willing to make it clear to us today, I do believe with my whole heart and my whole understanding That to understand what Paul is saying here is the gospel and it tells us the gloriousness of our Savior. And in 15 and 16 Paul says for what that which I do I allow not. For what I would that do I not. But what I hate That do I. That sounds like a lot of confusing language. But it's not. Paul's making one point. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. That is the whole point that Paul is making is that the law is working and it's doing its job in the child of God's life. In Romans 3, he told us that it's the law of God that brings us to the throne and it brings us there at the end and says, you know what? You're guilty. And that's as far as the law can go. That's it. It just says you're guilty of this sin. Paul said, I wouldn't know that I was coveting if the law didn't say thou shalt not covet. It's working. Because if there's something in you today that can say here in 15 and 16, the things that I do, I allow not. I don't know why I do the things I do. Paul knows why he does the things he does. And he's going to tell us. And I hope the Holy Spirit tells you and he puts you right in the same company with the Apostle Paul. That's good company this morning. It's the company of sinners that are saved by grace. Yeah, the law is working. It tells us that we've sinned. And that's a good thing. He says in 17, Now then, now then, now that we've established that, that the law is working, I want to tell you something Paul said it's no more I that do it but sin that dwells in me wait a minute Paul you, you, you just told us that the law was working yeah it's working all right but Paul said there's a part of me that I that it ain't do it ain't it ain't sinning There's a part in Paul that's not sinning. It's no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know, this is what Paul said, I've been taught, this is what I've learned in the school of Christ. This is what I've learned at the feet of my Master. This is what I've learned in my soul, that in me, that's in this flesh, dwells no good thing. It will never do anything good. And all of those thoughts you have that it will, and all of those actions you do that you think is going to exalt you, it will never do anything good in the sight of God. In the sight of your flesh, of course it will. But never in the sight of God and in the sight of Christ that is in you the hope of glory. The flesh will never, ever do anything good. Paul said, I know that in me, that's in my flesh. He made it clear. Not my new man. He was going to get to clarity there. It's no more, it's, it's in me, my flesh dwells no good thing. For to will is to present with me is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. This is an apostle who was knocked off his horse that the Lord came to him in due time, revealed the gospel, sent him out the door to preach the gospel, has stood in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who said he was, loved him and gave him his life for him. And he could stand and write this letter and say, you know what? I don't find anything good in my flesh. And the things that I know, the, the will is present with me. But how to perform that, how to perform that which God is pleased with, I cannot find a way to do it. Because in this body, and in this body of flesh, and the body of death, there's nothing good. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do, and I can't stop it. I cannot stop doing wrong. Once again, this is the Apostle Paul. I cannot stop the sin in my body. And I want you to think, because we already know what our text is, and I, want, I pray the Holy Spirit takes you to that text in 24 and tells you why now he's crying out this. Why he's saying, oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me from the body of this death? Oh, I have these two warring natures. And then in 20, he tells us, Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Understand that. And that is not an excuse, and it's not a cop-out, dear ones. It's a reality. It is exactly why we do what we do. Why we can't trust Him. Why we wander. Because there's still sin and that sin nature in us. Hold your finger there and turn back with me to Genesis 25. This is where it's first pictured in the Word of God and it's pictured in a physical form. God's showing Rebekah what's going on in her. And in Genesis 25, we'll just start in 20 well go back to 21 and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah his wife conceived and the children struggled together within her and she said if it be so why am I thus this is the same cry you hear Paul say oh wretched man that I am it's the same thing you asked you heard me say, "Why am I this way? Have you ever cried those? Why do I keep doing these things? Why is it the way that it is? And the Lord needs, I pray he settles it today. And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, There are two nations in thy womb. And this is the picture of every child of God that will ever walk on the face of this earth. Not that we have two physical children in our womb, but we have two warring armies, Song of Solomon tells us. And the Lord said to there are two nations in thy womb and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And we already know Romans tells us the Lord said I hate one and I love the other. The Lord hates our old nature. I hope you do. The Lord loves that new nature because that's his son. I hope you do. There's two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels and the one people shall be stronger than the other people. That's a promise. That's our promise. That one that's in us is a deliverer and the elder shall serve the younger. That was the case. Esau served Jacob who was the child of God. And that new nature Will always serve um, be, the old nature will always be subservient to the new nature. I know it doesn't feel that way at times. Oh, there's times we we question whether we even have a new nature. And there's times that we just walk along in the hardness that we are, and we do do things to do the same things over and over each day, and we have those hard thoughts, and we just write them off and say, well. You know, that's the way it is or it doesn't bother us at all. But when He comes, when He comes, when the Holy Spirit comes and convicts and He comes and He shows just like He did the Apostle Paul here, that's, and He reveals to us what He's revealed all throughout His Word, we have two boring. Jesus said it this way in John 3, 6. He said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The new man is born of the Spirit. The old man is of the flesh. In 1 John 3, 9 we read, what whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. That flabbergast us because we say, oh my goodness, what are you talking about, John? We all commit sin. You commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. That seed is Christ. Paul tells us that. And Christ remains in the child of God and it never sins. He never sins. That new nature never sins. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. That is the new man of grace. That is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul wrote in Galatians 5, 17, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, that's a picture of our warfare. The flesh always lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They're always pit against each other. They're never harmonized. They never cross over one to the other. The flesh never gets better. The spirit never, never gives place to the flesh. Never says what you're doing is good. Never assents sense. To that which the life that you live is good as we walk after the flesh. Never. Never reasons that way. That's our carnality. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Isn't that what we just heard him say here? That what I want to do, I don't do. But I want you to understand, in 16, he said, I consent unto the law. That's the new, new nature in Paul. I consent. I know it's true. I know it's holy. I know it's righteous. And you know what else he knows? His Lord and Deliverer, the one that he cries out for today, is the one who fulfilled it. He fulfilled it. And he magnified the law. He magnified the holiness of it. The goodness of it for the child of God. Not to hate God's law. He's written it in our hearts. He's shown us what Christ has done in becoming the end of the law for righteousness. Righteousness. And so, I don't know if I've read 21 yet. I I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. That's the wretchedness. That's the, that's the problem. I understand when I have the mind of Christ. I understand how good He is. I understand His love. I understand it. I know it. I know I'm His child. Why do I do these things? And Paul's explaining it. And I hope you come to the same conclusion. Let me rephrase that. I hope you're brought To the same conclusion that Paul was. Oh wretched man that I am. Today as you sit in those seats. Not what you were. What you are. Because you still have this body of death. He's not talking about our new nature. That's not wretched. It's glorious. It's holy. It's righteous. It's just. All of the things the old nature are not and can never be. O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death and what is it that we want to be delivered from? What is in this body? There's three things. We want the guilt of sin taken away. We want the dominion of sin in our life taken away. And we want the body of sin taken away. That's what he's crying for. He don't want to live in this body. But he knows he will till the day he dies. Who can deliver me from the body of this death? then he says in 25 the answer I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord that our Lord in there is because we all are in this together we all have this warfare we all have this body of death that we carry around with us I thank God through Jesus Christ the Lord our lord well let's see how he did it let's see what the bible says how he did it well like i said there's no chapter here there's no break here he goes right into telling us how the guilt of sin is taken away he tells us there is therefore now right now he said i am a wretched man right now well guess what Right now, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. There is condemnation in the flesh. Praise be to God, there is. But after the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit There is no condemnation. The guilt of sin has been taken away. The sins have been paid for by the deliverer. I thank God through Jesus Christ. The Father's plan of salvation. The Son executed the plan. He laid down His life for His children. He shed His blood to take the guilt of sin away. To remove the guilty stain. His blood covered the multitude of sins. He stood as a substitute for all of His church. And He stood in their place and had the wrath of the Father, the holiness of the law, the holiness of the, you've sinned, Jesus never sinned. He paid the price for our sins. That guilt... That I feel this morning. That guilt that makes me cry out. Why am I the way that I am? Has been taken away. By his blood. It's been taken away. By his finished work. When he said it is finished. It truly was. As a lamb slain. Before the foundation of the world. And the salvation. And the life that I now live today. I lived live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave His life for me. That's the gloriousness of no condemnation. The guilt of sin has been removed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, what love. What love. And then 2, 3, and 4 tells us that the dominion of sin has ended. Well, how did it end again? It ended in Christ. You are not under the dominion of sin today because of Christ. Yes, we will have this wretched part with us all of these days, but we're not under its dominion. Because he said the law, verse 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. How did he make me free? How am I free from that dominion of sin that I've been in bondage? He, he led captivity captive. He set said at, said at freedom those who were at captive. He set him free. The truth shall make you free. The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ has released us from the bondage of sin. It's dominion over us. And I'm going to tell you something about this enemy. It never relents. The other two do. We're told that in the Word of God. When Satan came to tempt Jesus... And Jesus rebuked the devil. He left for a season. The world is the same way. We can cast the world out. We can get in our minds and say, and not be influenced by the world for a time, for a period. But not this one. He's always there, He's always with us. That's why it's a warfare. That's why it continuously goes on. And that enemy will never win. That's the promise we have in this deliverer today. And that enemy, and no matter what he uses, I mean, Satan uses the law. Uh Uh-huh, see, you didn't do this. Our flesh is telling us the same thing. Well, the law is telling us this, and we didn't do it. Cursed is everyone who doesn't keep the law. What's the wages of sin? Death. I am to die. That's the the dominion of sin over you. No, we don't have that. Because of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. And what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, that's what he tells us. The, the law is a schoolmaster. It can only bring us to the outside. It could, law's not grace. I get a kick out of those people and say, oh, law and grace, but it's, it's tough. It's the same thing. No, it ain't. Oh, no. When that law is applied to you, you're not feeling your grace at any time. You're not feeling mercy. There's no mercy in the law. But it's holy. Because God is holy. what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. He said to that old nature, you'll never have dominion over my people. Never. I'm here to set them free. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus came to save His people from their sin. that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us by the one who kept it in perfect obedience. Who walked not after the flesh because there's plenty of condemnation there. But after the Spirit. So that's two out of three. Well, does Paul tell us how we're going to be delivered from this body of death? Don't you want to be delivered from this body? Absolutely. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him, who's that spirit of? It's the spirit of Christ. If that raised up Jesus from the dead, that's the spirit of the Father, the spirit of the Christ, the spirit, we've seen that before, all three of them raised Jesus Christ from the dead. If that spirit lives in you today, if that spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, if He dwells in you, if He has made His abode in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also, that shall means it's an absolute, it will be done, He shall quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. And that's how the body of sin were finally delivered from it. It's going to go back into the grave. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost will raise that body anew. That's that glorified body. And it will not have sin. And it will not have this old nature. And that is what will commune and be with Him forever. How? Who can deliver me from the body of this death? He answers it. Christ, He delivers us from the guilt. He delivers us from the dominion of sin, the guilt of sin, and this body of sin. And then He concludes this part of argument in 12 through 17. He says, therefore, brother, because of everything that Christ has done, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. That flesh has never done one thing good for you. Oh, but we follow it, don't we? We feed it every day. We de- we, that, that body of death and that, and that thing that just keeps telling us there's happiness over here and, there's, and all these people or the things of this world, and we go with it. We go with it. But Paul makes it awfully clear. We're not debtors of that flesh. It never did us any good. It's a body of death. And there's nothing but condemnation in it. For Make no mistake about it, but God punishes sin. Praise be to God, we'd be inside of Christ, it was punished in His Son. But if you're outside of Christ, it'll be punished in you. Make no mistake if these Scriptures are true. I believe they are. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, that's the only way, it's the power, that's what we talked about last time, the power of God in us, the power of Christ in us, the power of the Spirit in us, through Him, mortify the deeds of the body, Ye shall live. That's where life is, isn't it? You're never going to have life in a mixture. Never. Never. There's no life. Too much death in that old nature. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Every one of them. That means sons and daughters, dear ones. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption so he said we're sons. Christ is our brother by adoption. And what does he make us cry? Baba, Father. Thank you, Father. Cry out to you, Father. I need you every hour, Father. Oh, Father, do it. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. It doesn't matter what you profess if the Spirit hasn't told you that you're the child of God. Because that's the only authority. This world's full of people today that say, I'm a Christian, I do all these things. That's fine. I hope you are. But there's only one way you are. And that's if the Holy Spirit has said to you, you are a son of God. That's what the Bible tells us. And if we're children, we're heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together what a promise and we suffer don't we what are we suffering carrying this old carcass around with us carrying this old nature with us do you suffer that way is it a burden to you cause you to cry out O wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death you know Paul never lost sight of the future he never lost sight of who he was while telling you what's going on in him I mean look at the end of Romans 8 just the same chapter we're in look at the for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Does that sound like somebody that, that's lost or lives in that old nature? No. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't ever, ever separate these chapters. I used to feel that way younger, a younger time in my life. I said, man, I need to get out of seven. I can't wait to get to eight. And the Lord had to show me the gloriousness of seven. It's equally glorious. Because he's, he's revealed what's going on. And how He's delivered us. And I, I, I left off the rest of 25 for a reason. We go back there in conclusion now. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, He says. So so then, with the mind, that's the mind of Christ, I myself serve the law of God. I myself, that's my new nature. But with the flesh, I still am serving the law of sin and always will. And you know what that is? I know this is going to sound awfully strange, but that's that rest that remains. The Lord told us in Hebrews 4.9 that there will be a rest that remains. And that rest is the Lord Jesus Christ. But for Him to reveal to you today, sitting in those seats, this is the reality of the warfare in me. And it's not me. It's sin that's doing this in me. And Christ has set me free. And His blood has covered that sin that wretched body of mine, and He's made provision for it all. That's where rest is. I, I, I struggle. You know I struggle. I struggle at the beginning of this message. I didn't want to preach this message, honestly. But He is faithful. The Lord is faithful. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Dear Heavenly Father, add Thy power, add Thy clarity. Lord, bring forth that truth that glorious truth of what we are and what You have done to overcome and set us free in Thy Son. Oh Lord, I ask this now and appeal to that faithfulness because I know, Lord, Thou art worthy and I know, Lord, Thou art able. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.